going to try to use my phone. My iPad's not working for, uh, for connecting us here with the message. And so, with the Lord's help and uh, Stephen Jobs, we're going to... Okay, come on, you can laugh. Nobody's, you know, it's okay. You can laugh at church, it's all right. The Bible says, a merry heart doeth good, like a medicine. Um, but notice on the screen there in front of you, Psalm 57... And uh, this, is a, this is one of David's psalms, and uh, it begins by, with the notation when he fled from Saul in the cave. This is when he was at Adullam. And so, uh, with the Lord's help, we're going to read that, Psalm 57, and uh, I'm going to read the, the, these verses, and uh, I'll tell you what, Les, you control the scripture up there, and I'll try to control the points here, Psalm 57. Verse number one, be merciful unto me, O God, <clears throat> be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Until these calamities be overpassed, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. And I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit before me into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up my glory, awake psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above this morning. Uh, Just for a few moments, uh, most of my family members do not think I can do that. In fact, I was at a church not long ago. We were on vacation. We went to church. It was a Sunday morning, <coughs> and uh, he, he, it was fabulous. So the, the music was good, and probably, I don't know, 45 minutes of music, announcements, and so forth, and he preached for 17 minutes. And my wife looked at me, and the only thing she got out of the message was, you could do that. <laughs> um, I was so encouraged. Um, but uh, so this morning, we're going to do our best. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask for your help and your favor. We pray you'd guide and direct our words and our thoughts. Help us, Lord. We need you every day. We need you every hour. But Lord, we probably need you a little bit more this morning. God, you've been very gracious. You've been very good. You only do that which is right. You only do that which is good. And Lord, would you please help us in these few moments. Meet with us, speak to our hearts, and help those that are, whose hearts are hurting, those who's, uh, who are struggling with relationships, those who are battling health, and those, Lord, where everything seems to be going well. But I pray you remind us today that our hearts must be fixed upon you. May that be so, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A fixed heart. You know, this is, we've been doing the uh, series on Sunday nights, and this, um, I'm not, so I'm not going to borrow completely from it, but I'm a little bit because it's where I was reading. And uh, for Sunday nights, we're doing a series called David's Journey Through the Psalms. And we started with uh, the boy who would be king, 
and the giant slayer and flight from Saul. And so we're, we're kind of going where David is writing what he's thinking. Well, this is the one of the ones that he's in a cave and he thinks he's about to die. David uh, went through such valleys that he got to the place where he said, I shall now one day perish at the hand of Saul. As we know, it didn't work out that way. Most of our worst feelings and fears never do come to fruition. Sometimes even when we're, we're staring at things and things are coming upon us, we think this is going to happen. And 99 times out of 100, it doesn't. And by the way, when it does, God is always there. Job did make the statement, that which I have greatly feared has come upon me. I don't know what it was that Job feared, but he thought a day like that day would happen. Whatever component of it, whether it was the physical suffering, whether it was his wealth being gone, or whether it was the loss of his children, whatever it was, Job said, I knew there'd be a day like this. But even at the end of it, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And so uh, what I want to talk about just for a few moments is a fixed heart. Let me say this first of all, the problems of our heart. We got a couple problems with our heart. And by the way, sometimes people say, well, he has a good heart. God says you don't. Sorry. Sometimes people will throw out the expression, trust your heart. Mm, no, no, no. <laughs> you, don't want to, you don't want to go there. Uh, why? Because here's what God says about your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things, and he's very, very plain spoken in the description, desperately wicked. And then he throws out the rhetorical question, who can know it, meaning you can't. So sometimes when people says, oh, just trust your heart, you're better to trust your gut, especially when it starts growling and says, feed me. <laughs> but if you just trust your, well, I just, you know, I just, or I'm just, I'm just following my, there was a restaurant in California, remember that, baby? it's called follow your heart. And everything there was healthy. It was awful. I mean, it was awful. You know, and I, I try to eat healthy, and I, I, I know I need to do better. That's everybody's mind. I'm going to do better. Um, give, you know, and you pull up to the window or the drive-thru, and you're thinking, order a salad, order a salad, order a salad, order a salad. And somebody comes on, man, would you like to try our quarter pounder with cheese? Yes! <laughs> you know, and you just, you just forgot. Because you know what? You'll do it the next time you go through. And you don't want to offend that cashier. They could be having a bad day. You don't want to tell them no. And so out of kindness of my heart, I just acquiesce. So sometimes we think about the, the problems of our, our heart. Let me say this first of all. I think one of the biggest things, and I cannot even read this. Do, do you have one that says, oh, this is awful? forgetful of my past because I don't see it. That's okay if it's not there. Here's point, first point under that. Forgetful of my past. I mean that on two fronts. First of all, I mean this. One, I don't ever want to forget where I came from. David has to reflect, and he does later, on where God brought him from. He would tell Saul the story as he's in his tent, Goliath's out there making all of his taunts and mocking uh, the nation of Israel and Jehovah God. And David says... Lion, check that one off my bucket list. Bear, got that. Hmm, never had a giant. Let me see what that's like. And so, but, but he's reflecting on the past. So don't forget what you, where you came from. And secondly, don't forget this. This aspect of it is huge. Don't forget what God has already done for you. Sometimes we think about when we're facing that giant in the field and Saul's hot on our heels and whatever is bad is happening in your life and you're focused and fixated on that thing. But David said in this particular passage, now keep in mind, he's in a cave. 
He has his mighty men, and no question, they'll do any, they will die for him. And he gets to his, his deathbed, if you will, and he begins to talk about those mighty men. But in this moment, he's thinking, I ain't going to make it. Pardon the grammar. He spoke better grammar than that. But he says, things are not looking good for this guy. And as he's saying all of that, the problems of his heart, he, he forgets, but what has God already done for me? Do you realize if, if, if God never answered one more prayer in your life, he's been better to you and me than we deserve? I have the hope and the assurance of heaven. Sometimes we, there's an old song. I don't, I don't know that I've heard it many times, but I think about it right now. I've got more to go to heaven for, I think, the inspirations. And I'm really dating myself, and it's, it's, it's very much country southern gospel from the Holy Land. Um, um, Holy Land being the southeastern part. And anyway, so forgive me. But, uh, but I've got more to go to heaven for than I had yesterday. Everybody can say that, and the older you get, the more true that is. But don't ever forget how God has been good to you every step of the way. Sometimes when we see the cave, when we see Saul, or we think, is that him out there in the distance? And we're worrying about all these things. I'm never going to make it out of here, and this is going to get worse and worse and worse. But you got to remember how good God has been, how good God is, and how good God is going to be. You don't always see that. That's one of the biggest problems of the heart is we're forgetful of our past. And let me say this, and this is the second point, which is also not on the slide, fearful for our future. We just don't know. Sometimes people say, well, you know, what's, what's going to happen to our economy? Should I buy this house? Should I do this? What about my job? What about relationships? What about my finances? What about my health? So we put all of those things out there. And if we're not careful, by the way, you can get yourself pretty worked up. Now, medically, I think they call it a panic attack. And I think that's what David's having here in the cave. And I don't know if he's doing this. I just can't picture a giant killer doing this. All right, just something about that image just doesn't go with David, all right? But I imagine right here, He's thinking, how's this going to turn out? What's going to happen here? Because we have the forgetfulness of the past, but also the fearfulness of the future. And what you have to understand is that your heart has to be fixed on something. No. It has to be fixed on someone. You see, because everything else is going to fail you. Everything else is going to disappoint you. If you trust your riches, poof, they can be gone in a moment. If you trust your, uh, ask Elon Musk, right? What was it uh, when they did that thing the other day? You remember the, what was it, uh, the, the Tesla thing, right? Come on, nobody knows what I'm talking about? This is not as tough as prophet bards foretold, all right? This is on social media. And so they throw that, that rock, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, come to the, that means you'll give, uh, in the next offering, you'll give $100. But anyway, so he throws those rocks, wind, window shatters, should we try it again? I'm thinking, that's not what you want to say there. Then you want to get a Nerf gun. You, you, you don't want to try another rock, and so boom, he hits it again. They both shatter, you know? In that day, they said his personal wealth in that stock dropped, plummeted over $700 million just because of the failed rock thing, you know, so rocks are not a good thing but in, in that instance. But, but I'll tell you what, sometimes our fearfulness of the future, and whether it's your finances that you're trusting in, whether it's your, whatever it is, your talents, your gifts, your own wisdom, don't trust your heart. Fix it 
upon him. So we see the problems of my heart. Then do you have position? Oh, you already, did, did I do that? Or did you do that? All right, you're the man. At least this one time. The position of my heart. What do, you mean, what do you mean the position of my heart? Well, the position of my heart is this. And I, real quickly, three things, and they got to line up. Number one, you got to be saved. My heart has to be fixed upon him because, you know, when the song says, he is my hope and stay, it is the only reason a, a, a season like this past week with our, with our, our dear Andy isn't possible without a fixed heart and the confidence that salvation brings. Because without that, that's why the Bible says, the Bible doesn't say, I mentioned it yesterday just in passing, the Bible doesn't say we don't sorrow. And so if anybody ever says, well, you get over it, well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you sorrow. So if anybody says, well, you, you, you ought to be past that. That's not what God said. God said you do sorrow, just not like everybody else. See, there, there many people passed away this week, and many of them, had no hope. But we sit here today, and we're, we're in God's house today because of that great word, hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly, that means completely lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, on Christ, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And so the, the position of my heart ought to be this very, very clearly. I know I'm saved. I may not know a lot, but I know that I'm saved. And secondly, I need to make sure that that heart is not just a saved heart, but it's surrendered to the will of God. Whatever you are going to do in this life, and I'm not talking about your vocation, whatever uh, means that God has given you and gifts and talents that you have and you're productive in your field and all of that things, whether it's medical, teaching, working, manual labor, whatever, engineering, doesn't matter what it is. Whatever gift of arts and science and things that God has given you, that's a wonderful thing. But as a child of God, you must be, first of all, saved, secondly, surrendered, and your heart's got to be fitted and fixed towards him. That means what you do in this life all revolves around him. Matthew 6.33, seek ye, what is it? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means everything else is going to take care of itself. But sometimes we think, well, everything's going to work out okay. No, 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 no. You've got to put that right in the middle first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. How do you do that? You do it with a fixed heart. Salvation, surrender, and then thirdly, service. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. You know, at 57, I, in fact, I, I've thought much this past week of things that I plan to do, things that I hope to do, things that I want to do, things that I still want to do for the Lord. You know, all of those things. And, and I'll be honest with you, 57, I, I, I just, I, I figured, man, I, I've, still got, I've still got time but I have no guarantee of that. And so one of the things I want to make sure I do is keep my heart fixed upon him so that position of my heart is a heart that is saved, a heart that is surrendered, and then thirdly, a heart that is serving. Because at the end of this life, the only thing that matters was I saved. Have I surrendered? 
and am I serving? So we see, first of all, the problems of the heart. Secondly, the position of my heart. And go to the next one, the praise of my heart. You know, there's sometimes I just don't feel like praising. One is real early in the morning. I'm not a morning guy. Not at all. I just, uh, how many of you are morning people? Okay, I am not that guy. I'm the night owl. In fact, my wife sometimes will say, I've got to go to bed. I'm thinking, honey, we're just getting started. You know, I am exhausted. I've got to go to bed. And, and me, I'm the, I'm the night owl. She, man, she, she's up early, ready to go, and uh, not me. I'm just like, don't talk to me. And, I'm, and, and it's really worse. It's, it's complicated because I don't drink coffee. Everybody says, you know, those shirts, don't talk to me till I've had coffee. If I wore that, no one would ever speak to me because I don't drink coffee. So as I, you know, as I go through the day, but, but David said, particularly even in this passage, he said, I will be continually praising him. Wait just a second, you're in a cave. I know. I, I know where I'm at, but I will continually praise be praising him. But, but David, you may not get out of this cave. Yeah, I know, but I'm not, I'm not going to stop praising him. And, and David, Saul could be approaching at any time, and, 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 and the window and the season of life for you that, that you're in right now, yeah, I know, but I'm not going to stop praising him just because of the circumstances, just because of the situation just because of everything that hits my life. You know, Job said this, man that is born of woman. You've heard me say it. If you've been here long, you've heard me quote this many, many times. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. That's in this life. By the way, it's one of the reasons that makes us so hopeful for eternity. Because this life, it's trouble. It's hurt. It's disappointment. It's sin. You know, I've said it a few weeks ago. We were talking about heaven. To me, one of the greatest things about heaven is I won't sin anymore because I'm so aggravated with me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you never thought about it that way, but I, but I hate the fact that I still sin. I, I just, I, I, I hate that. And I, I know you could say, yeah, you should do better. And yeah, I know I should. But one of the great things to look forward about heaven is that. But I don't want to stop praising God in spite of the troubles of this life. In spite of, uh, hey, bad news happens to us all, every day. And, and you have to understand the Lord is good, the Lord is right, and he does all things well. I want him to make sense. I want everything that I go, go through in life. Oh, yeah. Rebecca, when she was diagnosed with cancer. There was no, oh, yeah, moment. All these years later, there's still not a, oh, yeah. I could see God's hand, and I know what God has done and how God has used her, and I understand all that. But there's still that. And you're going to go through some things in this life, and the thing that you have to understand is your heart's got to be fixed. Do you know what that word fixed means? It means unshakable. It means unmovable. It means that I'm not tossed by everything that happens in life. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed on thee. 
And it's one of the reasons why even in your valleys, you praise him. There's a song I heard, it's probably older, but praise you in the storm. And that's exactly what God expects. Because it's, it's very easy to praise when everything's great. It's, it's very easy to praise when the pocketbook's full. Good report cards are coming home. The bills are all paid, and the last checkup we got is great. But these times, it's tougher. It's one of the big reasons why I'm so grateful for a church that rallies around each other. And I, I want to encourage you, and, I, and, I, and I'm done in just a moment. I want to encourage you to continue to be good to each other. You know, a week ago with Andy sitting on the platform with me and laughing after church on Sunday night, I had no idea what this week would bring. Not in my wildest dreams. I, 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 just, I have no words. But I know this. I know this. Andy is better than he's ever been. And I know this, he is praising. He probably isn't even thinking about the Michigan game from yesterday. And I wouldn't have said anything to him about it while he was here, by the way. If he were here, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have said anything. But I know this, there is a land that is fairer than day. By faith, we can see it afar. And those are continual reminders for you as God's people. Fix your heart on him, not on things, not on people, not on possessions, not on pursuits, on him. David's in a cave. He doesn't know how it's going to work out, but he says, my heart is set. It's fixed. It's fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I know we've interrupted the schedule somewhat this week, and I appreciate your understanding uh, we've got to leave right away to catch a plane to get back to Indiana for Andy's service tomorrow in Indiana. Um, I know many of you want to express your love to Jennifer and her family, and I, you, you're welcome to do that. But at some point, I'm going to come. My wife is going to come and get her so we can get out of town. Our service has been very different, but I, I want you to know I could not be more proud of you as a church. And I, I've, I've been blown away by your love. I shouldn't be surprised because that's what God's people do. And you keep loving each other and uh, pray for them in the days and weeks to come. And uh, let's stand.